Welcome to the Celebration Church Thomasville podcast. Join us this week as we revisit the series Unlimited, where Pastor Jimmy Bryson reminds us why we can trust God even when it doesn't make sense. First uh, Kings chapter 17, going to read five or six verses and give you some thoughts and concepts and principles here before you get out and about. And Elijah the Tishbite, we're in 17.1, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years but according to my word. Now, we don't have time to get into all of it today. When you read James, and what James wrote in the New Testament, and compare the other scriptures, and even I think what Jesus said, it did not rain for three and a half years after Elijah makes this statement to King Ahab. Okay, so when he says it's not going to rain, dew's not going to fall for these years, when you look at the totality of scripture, uh, three and a half years pass by before there's rain or dew after this edict given by Elijah. So he says it's not going to rain, dew's not going to fall, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Kareth, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. Shout out the next word. There. Now, where did God command the ravens to feed him? Look at me. Not over there. Not over there. Not where he was. God said, I've already commanded the ravens to feed you over there. That's going to be key. There. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Kareth, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, or meat. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass after a while. Can you say after a while? while. Now watch what happens after a while. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, go to your next assignment. Now I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. And I hope you grasp what we just read from 1 Kings chapter number 17. And what we're going to learn over these next few weeks, primarily from the life of Elijah, that Elijah, I don't even know if this is a word, experienced the unlimitedness of God. He realized that God is unlimited. And so today as we begin these series of messages, they're entitled Unlimited. Because when you read the Word of God, you find out that God is unlimited in His power. God is unlimited in His presence. God is unlimited in His provision. God is unlimited in His love. God is unlimited in His grace. God is unlimited in His mercy. God is unlimited in His compassion. God is unlimited. Now, according to Mr. Webster, the word unlimited means unrestricted, unconfined, boundless, infinite, vast. And I would say to you that that word unlimited and those definitions describe the God that we serve. 
They don't describe Buddha. They don't describe Muhammad. They don't describe any other prophet. They describe the God that we serve. So when you look at the Word of God, and you can look on your screen on the screen for a moment because you're not going to have time to turn to these verses in your Bible. I want to remind you at the outset of this message just a few scriptures that tell us about the unlimitability. Everybody say, that's a new word of God. Psalm 145 verse 3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Now the Bryson paraphrase says, and his greatness is unlimited. Psalm 147 verse 5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is unlimited. Psalm 113, verse number 4. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory above the heavens. Bryson paraphrase. His glory is unlimited. Jeremiah 23, verse 24. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth? Bryson paraphrase. Am I not unlimited Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. The one who is, who was, and who is coming, the Almighty, may I give you the Bryson paraphrase, the unlimited one. So when you read the Word of God, from Old Testament to New Testament, there are multiple declarations that God is unlimited. So what God is going to do is, God is setting Elijah up in the context here to display the fact that he is unlimited. So as we begin to trek our way through the life of Elijah and to, to be reminded of how God was unlimited to Elijah, I want to just remind you, or maybe you've never read about the days of Elijah. You've all sung the song, these are the days of Elijah. Well, literally when you read the scripture, here is what describes the days of Elijah. The days of Elijah were dark days. They were dark days because if you read back in 1 Kings chapter number 16, Ahab was married to Jezebel and Jezebel's family were worshipers of Baal. So Jezebel, the queen, led Ahab, the king, to, to, to go off and to worship this false god of Baal. So they were dark days spiritually because, watch this, because the people of God were no longer worshiping the one true God, they were worshiping Baal. Just a parenthetical thought here. Baal was considered to be the god of fertility. Baal was the one that caused rain to fall on the earth to make the crops produce. Baal was the one they thought who could touch the womb of a woman and she would become fertile and bear multiple children. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, these were dark days spiritually because the people of God had ventured off the track and they were following after a false god called Baal. Well, the days of Elijah were also depleted. They were depleted of the presence and the power of God. And I might say today that the American church is somewhat depleted. Amen. 
We know our country is depleted of the presence and power of God. And I'm not a woe is me prophet today. I'm believing God still wants to do a great work in our land. I'm believing that. And so what I'm saying though is, what I'm saying is when we do not worship the one true God, we are depleted of the presence and the power of God. So these were dark days. The people were worshiping a false God. These were depleted days because they were not experiencing the presence and power of God. They were also disappointing days. They were disappointing days because if you study, which is now the divided kingdom, if you study the Old Testament history, there had been a string of ungodly kings. A string of ungodly kings that culminated with Ahab and 1 Kings chapter number 16, and if you read carefully, Ahab was more wicked than all the kings before him. And what was disappointing was there was a leader appointed over the people who had the authority to lead the people in the right way, and the leader chose to lead the people in the wrong way. Let me say that again. These were disappointing days to the nation of Israel because they had a leader who had the authority to lead the people in the right way. Listen, I'm not talking about political way today. I'm talking about spiritual way. So here is a man that had the authority politically and spiritually to lead the people to follow the Lord God, but he chose not to. So what I'm saying is it's always disappointing. Whoa, shout me down now. It's always disappointing when leaders lead people astray spiritually but to me, what's more disappointing is the people follow. That's why God calls us sheep. <laughs> These were also dangerous days. Now watch this. They were dark days, depleted days, disappointed. They were dangerous days. What was the declaration of Elijah? It's not going to rain. Dew is not going to fall these years until I get the word. Now, you're all familiar with 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, right? If I start it, you can help me finish. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will, I will heal their land. You're listening to me. I will heal their land. God gives a promise. If you do this, I will hear you. I will forgive you. And I will heal your land. Well, the verse just before that says, If I shut up the heavens, hmm, that there be no rain. If I send the locust to devour the land. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God brought healing to the land by sending rain. One of the ways in the Old Testament that God brought judgment upon his people, can y'all say, thank God for the New Testament. <laughs> One of the ways that God brought judgment to his people in the Old Testament was by closing up the heavens and withholding rain. So when the heavens are closed up and the rain stops, drought comes, famine comes, and a lot of danger is in the society. You understand that? So these are the days of Elijah. So the days of Elijah are culminating in the fact that now they're entering into a very dangerous period in their history because Elijah says there's going to be no rain and there's going to be no dew. So those are 
the days of Elijah.